and welcome to the LCS Foundation Podcast. I'm Rachel Sorcy. And I'm Tony Galvan. In today's episode, we're focusing on one of the primary pillars of the LCS Foundation, the Employee Relief Fund. Um, here with us today, we have Elisa Baptiste, who's a Senior Vice President, Chief Operating Officer uh, of Care Purchasing Services, and she's also an LCS Foundation board member. We also have with us Zane Bennett, who's the Executive Director at Plantation Village, an LCS-managed community in Wilmington, North Carolina. With us also today is Patrick Noonan, Executive Director at the Glenview at Pelican Bay, which is an LCS-managed community in Naples, Florida. And last but not least, we have Angela Coplin, who's the Human Resources Director at the Glenview at Pelican Bay. How's everyone doing today? Doing great. Great. Glad Glad to to be here. Wonderful. Well, we're glad uh, to have you guys here with us. I'm going to kick it off with you, Elisa. Um, since you um, really sit on the Employee Relief Fund pillar, we'd love to you know, get a little bit of an overview of what the pillar is and what your guys' mission is with the pillar. Absolutely. Well, the Emergency Relief Fund Committee is definitely one of the pillars of the LCS Foundation. And I would say that of the four, it is definitely the one that has the most direct impact on the lives of the LCS employees, not just corporate employees, but also the employees at all of our communities. It is such an important aspect of the foundation because it touches each and every one of our employees, especially at times of crisis. So maybe during times of a medical crisis, when you've had a terrible diagnosis, maybe of cancer or or something else going on in life or during let's say, a catastrophic event such as a hurricane or some type of flooding or or a snow event of something of that nature, even car accidents and things of that nature. There are so many things that happen to our employees day in and day out that are tragic and that are sudden. And honestly, our employees are not maybe necessarily completely financially prepared for those things. And so this particular committee has an opportunity to really step in and to touch the life of that employee and to help them through that crisis. You know, one of the ways in which Ed described this just recently in one of our local events there in Des Moines is they talked about it from the standpoint of a safety net. And I thought that was such a great example because if you think about a safety net and you were to close your eyes and kind of imagine what a safety net looks like, and it's this web, if you will, of of rope and such. And you think about all the employees spread out across all of the nation, all thousands and thousands of employees that we have, and how if they were locked arm in arm, spread out across the country, they would look like a safety net. And isn't that an awesome feeling to think about and imagine how when you are an employee and you have been impacted by some terrible situation in life that you had no control over and nothing you could do and and you need help and you're feeling isolated, that all of a sudden now there is this safety net of your peers, your colleagues, your coworkers, um, your friends and your, your, your fellow employees that's able to catch you and hold you during a time like that when you need help. And so it's a really awesome opportunity to serve on this committee and to be a part of this committee. Um, We're so excited about it because we now have our subcommittee in place where they are a group of individuals that have volunteered to support this committee and its efforts. We have our application out on Connect 
And we also um, have everything in place now where we can take those applications, we can review them. There's a very thorough process. It's a very personal process. There's a phone call involved. It's very confidential. All the information is kept confidentially. Uh, the board members don't even have names or details or any of that nature. So it's a very confidential process to protect that employee and to protect their dignity and, and to respect their need and then to be able to provide that feedback and be able to support them. So it's an awesome opportunity, and I'm so thankful and so honored to be able to serve on this committee. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you, Elisa. And I think, you know, Tony is going to lead into this with Patrick and Zane here, but it was so powerful when you spoke here in Des Moines about just being one phone call away from a disaster or event that you need to you know, get some help or rely on somebody to, you know, in that disaster or in that event, like you said, a car accident or it would could be a hurricane. So, so powerful and so great. So thank you so much uh, for sharing some of that information with us. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic to have you on this, um, Elisa. And as we've done uh, a couple of these podcasts to date, you know, we really started kind of high level with, um, foundation leadership, talking to Ed um, and Joel. And as we kind of make our way through the different pillars and through the various board members, it's great to have um, someone like you on here that's, again, overseeing and responsible for and working with some of these, to your point, um, as you mentioned earlier, one of these areas that is more directly involved with actually helping communities. So um, again, we feel so fortunate to have with us, um, even in the short time that the foundation has been around, we know that it's making such a positive impact. And so and we have with us today a couple of communities um, that are going to um, share, share their story. So we're um, thankful for that as well. And so I actually want to begin with you, Patrick. And um, if you wouldn't mind um, just kind of sharing with us, again, I, in the intro here, I kind of mentioned your location. Uh, so folks might um, start to understand, again, sort of uh, the background behind your um, employee relief experience. But if you could just share um, with our audience here a little bit of background um, behind your story and kind of how we how it all evolved and, and ultimately um, resulted um, with interfacing with the foundation. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Tony. I appreciate the opportunity to, to share the story. Um, obviously, there was a lot to it, so I'll, I'll try to be as brief as I can. But um, the, um, the the Hurricane Irma uh, Sock Naples, Florida, on September 10th, uh, 2017. And um, I recall um, the uh, uh, the week uh, just prior to the, the week uh, before the, the hurricane hit. It actually was a, a Tuesday. I was planning to go to uh, Brent Logan Business Unit meeting, and as I as I got up and I turned on the news, I could see that the hurricane was headed straight for us and would be there um, by Sunday or so. And so I had to cancel that trip and we got back and worked with the team to put together our, our, our plans to implement our plans. We, we had plans in place, uh, but to implement the plan and to make sure that our residents were, were, were safe and, um, you know, we were going to get through this. And, uh, you know, leading up to that event, um, it was a very stressful time. And as the closer we got and it became apparent that we, we would indeed evacuate, um, you know, and there's only, I think, a few executive directors who really know what that's like. I know Zane is certainly one of them, uh, but the the overwhelming feeling of, of, of uh, your responsibility, the executive director's responsibility, their moral, ethical, and legal responsibility to the people that we serve, our most vulnerable people, uh, to get them uh, moved to safety and uh, 
be with them throughout this uh, storm um, is it, really a, a, an awesome feeling. It's not a good feeling, but it is a one that really weighs heavy on an individual. It's something that I've never experienced before. Um, but you, you do what we you do the best you can. We've got it. We we were successful in our evacuation. We got our our residents safe, and we rode the storm out. And you know, during that time, you're just hoping and praying that the roof holds, the windows don't break, and you don't get flooding. And uh, we were very fortunate that that did not occur for us. And so, so after the storm goes by, we we and that's what I said to everybody. I said, you know, there's two things we know for sure that this storm is coming, and it will pass. And it, that's exactly what it did. And when it passed. We had to assess the situation. Our building did receive uh, substantial damage uh, because of it. Um, so we were, you know, the decision to evacuate was obviously a good one. Um, and we had to get time to, to get back into the building and assess. And not just the structural damage, but we had to look for possible water intrusion because you didn't want to move people in where, you know, future you might have mold problems and that sort of thing. So you during that time, you're just so focused on, on the safety and the well-being of the people you serve, you know, before, during, and afterwards. And it was shortly after things started to settle down um, is that I got a call from Ed Kenny. I, I, I'll never forget it. I, I was talking with somebody, uh, a fellow coworker, and I picked up my cell phone and I saw Ed calling uh, on my uh, contact list. And I answered it, and the first thing he said was, you know, Patrick, you're doing a great job, and that, that meant a great deal to me. You know, that was a, a, a real relief because, you know, sometimes you question yourself, and did you make the right decisions, and are you doing the right thing? But that was a, um, a relief. But then he started talking to me about um, the foundation and that we had an opportunity to help some of our employees. And it was then I really thought about, you know, th this is one thing that I haven't thought of too much. I didn't think too much about the people who were actually working with me, who were helping me, who were helping us. Uh, these people were sleeping on cots, on air mattresses, on floors. They were working 12, 15 hours a day. Um, and, you know, they were dedicated to themselves to the safety of the residents that they serve. Uh, and we did, I didn't know the condition of their homes or where their families were doing. And, and I didn't hear much of it. And, uh, and that should, goes to the dedication of the people that you have on board. But um, I thought about it. I said, you know, Ed, I, I, I don't know, but we'll find out. And I, I got with Angela and we, we talked about it and we put out notices and we said, hey, if you guys have any damage to your home or you're needing some assistance, we have a foundation to help you. And uh, we put it off by the time clocks. We, we sent out communications, and we got a, a really good response. Um, we must have, uh, I think our number was 12, or 12, 12 individuals who came up who, who had significant damage uh, to their home. And as Lisa was, was mentioning, um, you know, these are people, some of them don't have a lot of means. You know, some of them um, don't have, uh, you know, the, the, the means to repair a roof or to, repair flooding, uh, you know, these are significant uh, uh, problems that uh, they're faced with. And the deductibles on their insurance are, are difficult to meet. And um, we worked with the foundation, we worked with those individuals, and I was so happy to see that the, how the foundation reacted to, to our need and how they helped these individuals. And, and the point I want to make is, you know, the foundation 
gave help to these employees before insurance companies and, you know, with all the, the things that they had to do at the foundation, doing their due diligence, of course, but um, was very, very helpful and very quick to, to help uh, our employees. And uh, I was so impressed by that. And, and our employees were, were, were impressed, but they were grateful, appreciative. And I was appreciative, too, because this is a, what a great way to show our appreciation to those who, who sacrificed as well. You know, that they, they, they came with us. They, they, they stood with us. They, they worked hours on end in difficult situations without complaint. And for the foundation to say, you know, we care about you. We know that you're hurting, too. And to help them out was, was incredible. And it just makes me feel so good that I'm part of an organization that, that does that. And um, there's not too many of them out there, I don't think. So that's that's my story. And, and uh, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Angela. Yeah, just um, we had a group of employees, probably about 20 to 30, who um, evacuated with our independent residents, um, who are not so independent when you get to outside of our four walls here. So we were over in Orlando, and our employees were away from their families for three weeks. Um, they didn't know how their, you know, how their homes were, what damage was done, but they were there um, servicing and and caring for our residents, and we're just we're very dedicated to them. And um, so when they needed help, LCS was there, and it was just incredible to see the work and the, the magic that happened because we didn't reach out to LCS; they reached out to us. Yes. And um, everybody who applied received something. And um, it was just very appreciative for them. And just what a way to show, a company to show their appreciation to, um, to their employees. That's great. Thank you, guys. So, Zane, can you tell us a little bit about your story as it relates to the Employee Relief Fund? A year after uh, Patrick and his team evacuated, we had to do the same for Florence. So Florence hit our area September 14th of 2018. And what that meant for Plantation Village, we're a coastal community. We sit about a mile from the intercoastal waterway. And we had, at the time, of Category 4 coming our direction. Ended up being a Category 1, but it, it packed the reins of a Category 4. And, and that meant 48 hours of just torrential downpours uh, and amounts close to 40 inches. And we evacuated 250 residents, uh, 30 associates, and uh, and then 20, 27 pets. And then we sat in Greensboro at the Sheridan Hotel, and we uh, we waited for news, and we, we watched the news like the rest of the world did. So it's hard, if you, if you haven't been in that situation, to imagine it, but I'll try to paint a picture. Uh, you, you can imagine uh, you know, you've left your home, and now you're you're watching the news and you're seeing devastation. You're seeing people being rescued. You're having a hard time getting a hold of your family members. Uh, you're having a hard time checking on your your property. And then you have to do that for for 12 days because you can't get back into the Wilmington area because there's so much rain that it's inaccessible. And uh, we we did that for for 12 days. And and then you you try to get back and you you want to operate so that you can have some normalcy and uh, you have associates that are having a hard time because their homes are still flooded. Maybe they don't have fl flood insurance. Uh, they have family members that are struggling to get back in the area. Maybe they're even caregivers for family members. 
and there's limited access to but uh, supplies and services. And that's where the LCS Foundation really came in. And uh, I would say it's a, a speed to need uh, foundation. And what I mean by that is, like Patrick mentioned, while everyone's waiting for insurance, our, our frontline team members can't do that. Uh, they don't have the means to do that. And they were able to get their applications in and, and receive funds uh, what seemed like in, in a couple days. And what this meant for these frontline associates is they were able to start new leases and apartments. If, you know, heaven forbid, if, if their apartment had been uh, abandoned by a landlord or condemned by the county, uh, they were able to start new leases. Uh, we had one individual who their only means of transportation, their, their vehicle had a tree fall on it. So we had all kinds of situations and it seemed like every day uh, someone would come in and say, I got my check and, and they'd have tears in their eyes. And then we'd all have tears in our eyes as we tried to overcome this this challenge in front of us. That's great. Thank you for sharing that with us, Zane. You know, it's tremendous to hear, you know, I think about Elisa, what you said at the beginning and sort of kind of the theory behind establishing some of these pillars. And again, that's when Rachel and I have spoken to Ed and Joel and sort of kind of the concept behind selecting the pillars and, and what went into their decision to even choose something like employee relief. It's tremendous, again, in, in just over the last couple of years to see that go from, again, just sort of a group of people thinking about what would make some impact to it actually having some impact and sort of the human um, element of it. So um, Zane and Patrick, thank you so much for for sharing your your stories. Um, Elisa, I want to bring it back to you and and I want to ask you, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to um, as it relates to this area of the foundation? I think when we think about, you know, the four or so pillars, um, you, you probably had some uh, sort of framework behind what you wanted to get accomplished. But as you think ahead to the future, what are some of the things that you're excited about and, and where do you see this going? You know, um, the reality is that life happens to each of us at some point in time. And, you know, I'm excited for opportunities like this to do this podcast, um, more so from an awareness standpoint, um, because there are still so many across um, the breadth and depth of the LCS organization that don't know that we exist. So first and foremost, the awareness component and, and having every opportunity to spread that awareness and to let everybody know that this is available. Um, you know, when we first started out, it really was very much for more full-time employees. And so as part of the evolution, as we have even Patrick talked about, you know, you have so many employees that you know, their crisis is, you know, just I'll say more magnified or intensified when you're talking about maybe a a dining employee or a housekeeping employee or somebody on that on an hourly salary or something like that. And, and their homes are destroyed or there is no home to go back to or things like that. And so we were able here recently in the past um, year or so to expand our offering and this opportunity to the part-time staff, which I'm so thankful for. And again, it just speaks to the heart of um, the leadership of the LCS Foundation and just the board members um, to want to be able to do that as well. And so that's a, a, a huge benefit. And that's just one of the steps of evolution as, you know, from the point in time that we started, you know, I was listening to Patrick talk about that phone call from Ed. And I remember getting that call, Patrick. I remember when Ed called me 
And he said, Alisa, we have to do something. And we have to do something now. And we jumped into gear. And we moved forward. And we started getting those applications out. We weren't even quite ready yet. But it didn't matter that we weren't quite ready yet because people were in need. And, um, and so it's really um, an evolution. We will continue to seek and search out um, every opportunity to provide that short-term financial assistance. We can't solve the world's problems. We can't meet every financial need. But I know that there's more that we can do to minimize that stress that people feel and that sense of isolation and loneliness that they feel when they're going through life's crisis. And we expect as an organization for our employees to enrich the lives of those residents. And we have this great opportunity and honor to enrich the lives of our employees so that they can also focus on the resident care um, to know, as Zane talked about, how their homes are taken care of or how their needs may be taken care of in a, say, a sudden death. We've had so many of those things happen. We've lost employees due to some terrible diagnosis. Um, we've had employees who, I never forget, you know, a young man who would ride his bicycle to work one way, take him a full hour to get there, and who was tragically killed riding his bicycle to work, you know, and to being able to help that family um, through that crisis and to take a little bit of the pressure and a little bit of the stress off of the grieving mother who's lost a 22-year-old son. You know, anything that we can do to be there in the time of life's most difficult moments, we want to constantly look for those opportunities. And we will continue to evolve. We will continue to look for every change that we can make to broaden our reach and broaden our touch. You know. Um, when I, I recall one particular employee, uh, Patrick, from your community, that when I called him to share with him um, what we would be sending him, he said something that has always stuck with me, and it always makes me smile. And he says, you've put my smile back on my Monday. And that has always <laughs> stuck with me. And um, so it's, it's those kinds of things. You know, when people are going through serious life issues and crisis and catastrophes, disasters, illness, we want to be able to put their smile back on their face, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Those are such great words, Elisa, and I uh, appreciate you sharing again sort of where you see um, this this specific area going. So, um, well, on behalf of Rachel Sorcy and myself, I would just like to thank our guests once again, Elisa, Patrick, Angela, and Zane. Um, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us, sharing your stories, uh, and helping us to, um, as Elisa mentioned, um, just spread the awareness of this uh, very important area of the foundation. So thank you all for your time. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you all.